Welcome to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond Our Experiences. My name is Anand. I have Rashmi here with me. Hey Rashmi, tell me about Nagaland today. This is like a mysterious kind of place for me. Many stories, many myths about Nagaland. Will you deconstruct this place for me so that I can understand it a little bit better? Yes, there are mysteries. Yes, there are stories. It is bound to happen if people have not traveled there, if not much is known about the place. There are going to be stories, some of them palatable, some of them interesting, some of them just sheer myths. So, Nagaland is actually a mountainous state, one of the states in Northeast India. Uh, it shares its border with Myanmar on one side and also with Assam, Manipur and Arunachal. Nagaland is basically inhabited by 16 diverse Naga tribes. When I'm saying diverse, they have different languages, they have different kind of attire, they have different kind of lifestyle. It's not that they're all the same. The capital of uh, Nagaland is Kohima and Kohima was in fact uh, talked about a lot uh, during the Second World War because there was a heavy fighting that happened during Second World War. Uh, There's a nice uh, big Kohima War Cemetery which is a form of memorial for all the soldiers who uh, died during Second World War. So if you ask me what is Nagaland? So Nagaland is of course it has a great landscape, it's mountainous, it has got uh, great options for hiking, trekking, etc. A lot of natural beauty. Almost uh, 18 to 20% of the state is covered with forests. More than that, I think what is unique to Nagaland is its culture. It's a very, very different kind of culture. That's what I will say is, is Nagaland. So tell me, why should one travel to Nagaland? Like I said, it is a mountainous place. Uh, it has got natural beauty. It has forest cover. People who like this place are people who are interested in culture, heritage, history. Yes, there's natural beauty, but the essence of this place is this unique tribal culture which they have managed to preserve. It's really unique, people are really warm. And you have to spend a couple of days in these different small villages uh, which belong to different kind of tribes. Like I said, there are 16 tribes, right? Ideally, if you look at one tribe, you will not get the real picture of what this place is all about. If you try and spend time in three or four different villages, then you'll understand the culture, uh, their angst. Remember, this place has always been in news uh, for different uh, reasons. Uh, There was a time when this state was going through unrest and uh, people in rest of the parts of India who don't know about this place, uh, all they would have heard about is extremists. There's some amount of buns all the time. Lifestyle is not normal. There are curfews, etc. But yeah, the place is very peaceful now. But when you go and speak with these people, try and understand, then you also get to understand what was happening and why they were cut off from the rest of the country. So Nagaland actually became a state uh, in 1963. It used to be a part of undivided Assam. In fact, all the seven states were a part of undivided Assam. I just told you there are 16 tribes, right? They don't even have a common language. So the common language right now is Nagamese, which is actually predominantly Assamese mixed with parts of Naga words. That's Nagamese. Everybody understands Nagamese. So they, different tribes, they interact with each other in Nagamese. And the official language of the state is English. In fact, uh, 90% of the state follows Christianity. It was a tribal area and most of the people got converted to Christianity. So it's a, it's a Christian state, if I may call it like that. I remember when I first went into Arunachal Pradesh, I had to get a separate permit for entry. Is that the same case in Nagaland? Do you need a separate permit to visit Nagaland? Yes. Government of Nagaland issues this to 
all the tourists and travelers who enter the state from other states of India. It's a permit which is meant for temporary stay there. However, if you are staying in Dimapur, Dimapur is the commercial city. If I may say, it's the trading center of Nagaland. Uh, it also has the airport. Uh, in fact, uh, this airport was built during World War II times. So if you are just staying in Dimapur, uh, you don't need the permit. You can just uh, come to Dimapur via train or uh, via flight, then you don't do it. But if you're going to places like Kohima, Mokokchung, you will need a permit. So uh, it's not a difficult process. You can apply for the uh, inner line permit and you can share your details and get the permit. So what are the interesting things in Nagaland? You must have heard about Bhut Cholokya. So Nagaland happens to be the land of hottest chili. This is insanely hot and spicy. It's also called ghost pepper by a lot of uh, people. If you visit any uh, Naga household, they actually grow it in their backyards and they use it very generously in their preparations. So this is uh, considered to be 400 times hotter than your uh, Tabisco sauce, which is served in the restaurants. So you can imagine what are we talking about? Uh, the other thing which is very distinct is if you see these Naga shawls, you know, these shawls uh, which are uh, which will have these uh, patterns of red, black, white, etc. These are these are Naga shawls. It's very distinct. Uh, if you uh, see this shawl from a distance, you know it's a Naga shawl. Nowadays, of course, you get nice uh, jackets also made out of these shawls. But this uh, Naga shawl is a part of their heritage, if I may say, and it's very symbolic of their social hierarchy also. It's the most significant piece of clothing in their society. Each tribe has their own distinct design, pattern, style, which is different from each other. There are 16 tribes, I said, right? So there is Konyak tribe, there is uh, Angami, there is uh, Kachari, Kuki. So they're all different. So the weaving patterns are different. The designs are different. Uh, how they uh, drape it is different. So that's also something which is very uh, unique and striking. Like the way Muga is to Assam, right? Muga is only... Uh, is, a, is a form of silk, it's a golden color silk which is only found in Assam, as in it's endemic to Assam. Uh, so Naga shawl is also something which is from Nagaland and it's very distinct. Interesting. Shawls that denote tribes, wow. So which are the places one should visit in Nagaland? So it depends on what's your interest area. But like I said, uh, this place is for those culture vultures, people who really want to understand culture, tradition, heritage, history, etc. So don't restrict yourself in that case to just one place. You know, you can just go to Kohima and come back. But that will give you one showcase, one part of Nagaland. That will give you information about one part of... The most popular festival is Hornbill in Nagaland. This is a festival which is organized by the government of Nagaland. If you go during Hornbill, this is between 1st to 8th of December every year. So if you go and visit Kohima during this period, you'll get a lot of information about all the 16 tribes because this is festival is about uh, celebrating the culture and heritage of Nagaland. So there is an, a, a good exhibition, there's a music festival, there are uh, performances. You can see the um, houses that are unique to each of the tribe. So that's a sort of exhibition and you can see what kind of food do they eat. You can speak to the uh, uh, tribal leaders who belong to these different uh, kinds of tribes. However, you have to match your timetable with that Hornbill Festival. Otherwise, if you really want to experience this place, uh, you should visit a couple of places including Dimapur, Kohima, Mokokchung, Twinsang, etc. Some of the places that I would suggest uh, would be 
A is of course Dimapur. Uh, in fact, there's something uh, interesting about Dimapur. Uh, of course, again mythology. A lot of people also say that uh, you know, somehow uh, Hidimba Bhim's wife was related to somebody from Dimapur, and Dimasa is a tribe uh, which is from Dimapur. Uh, so we're not sure about it, but Dimapur typically used to be a Kachari kingdom, and uh, Ghatotkach and Hidimba actually, if you go back to mythology, uh, they are supposed to be from the Kachari kingdom. Ghatotkach uh, was a Kachari prince, and Hidimba, his mother, was a Kachari uh, princess. Uh, so possibly, but again, these are stories and mythology. Dimapur is the commercial capital. Airport is there. Railway station is there. So you can spend a couple of days in Dimapur, and uh, there's not much to do within Dimapur. But just outside of Dimapur, you can take a couple of day trips to visit some of the places. Another small town, uh, which I would suggest, is Mukokchung. You don't necessarily have to come to Dimapur. You can actually fly into Jorhat, which is an airport in Assam, and travel to Mukokchung. It's not very far from there. It is also an urban center. So that's. a village uh, or town whatever you want to call it it's an interesting uh, place to understand uh, the ao tribes so there is uh, the oldest ao village there and you can understand their uh, way of living their art and culture uh, there are nice caves there so in fact uh, the locals believe that uh, these caves had given shelter to an ahom king when uh, ahoms were ruling assam so that's a good place because uh, there's a village called umma village in mukokchung uh, and uh, locals believe that this is the birthplace of the ao tribe so you can understand the ao culture ao music ao tradition etc uh, you can visit these caves so mukokchung uh, is something that you may want to add to your plan if you're traveling to nagaland Other small places that you should visit is uh, you can visit Tuensang. So Tuensang again uh, is one of the small towns, has a lot of uh, schools, colleges, has uh, hospitals, etc. So it's uh, a fairly vibrant town. Now there's a village called Longtrok in Tuensang. So Longtrok actually showcases the ancient remnants of uh, the. old tribal civilizations so there are a lot of stone structures that you'll find uh, in some of the preserved places and a lot of them are also worshiped by the locals so the locals also believe that these structures are personifications of the god and who gave birth to other stones and moved them to different places so these are again their legends their folklore but uh, something i found interesting then There is a place called Mon. Now Mon is interesting. It is home to the Konyak Nagas. Now these Konyak Nagas are uh, the tribes you would have seen them on television or National Geographic channel, etc. They have uh, tattooed faces. They wear uh, their their uh, attire is slightly different, and they all carry a weapon with them all the time. They are supposed to be the headhunter tribes also. So of course headhunting is banned right now, uh, but uh, these are people who still carry that uh, weapon with them um, as a part of their uh, what should i say their their accessory or traditional way of dressing up so very very colorful dressing when you look at them you you can figure out that these are konyak tribes there are also a lot of waterfalls uh, there are mountain peaks uh, which are there and you can uh, stay there and take a lot of uh, day trips around
the other place that you can also visit is uh, there's a village called Konoma village uh, Konoma village is uh, not very far from Kohima it's just 20 kilometers so you can actually take a day trip what's interesting about them is this is called a green village it's a very small village and uh, the tribal villagers have collectively decided that they will give up all forms of hunting and for the simple reason that they want to have a sustainable ecosystem it's interesting because remember uh, nagaland in general is a meat eating population right these people have uh, forever survived on uh, forest produce and meat etc but they all came together and they believe that it's not good for the environment and they want to conserve their natural habitat so they have given up a lot of hunting of a lot of these animals if you have decided to give up your uh, you know old heritage which is probably a couple of centuries old that that really speaks about you because these are not people who are uh, really educated exposed we are not talking about these uh, western people who are talking about vegan these are really very very innocent villagers tribal uh, tribesmen whatever you call them who have just understood that it's important to protect the nature and you have to live in harmony so that's i found that very very interesting kohima is the capital of nagaland and uh, kohima itself is beautiful so the most sort after in experience in kohima has to be hornbill festival i had attended the hornbill festival in perhaps 2012 or 11 i don't remember exactly what was interesting was so there were these dance forms there were these performances which were happening and one of the tribes uh, i don't remember the name they actually through their performance showcased how they uh, started making these uh, gun powders you know for hunting uh, how how did they discover this these uh, ingredients for making a gun powder and how they use it for hunting so it was a way of narrating their way of life through their uh, dance performance that was interesting there's an international rock festival that happens there and i was pretty surprised to see bands from india from thailand uh, from a lot of other southeast asian countries so uh, again nagaland just like meghalaya is uh, quite blessed when it comes to music from kohima you can do a lot of other uh, day trips so that you have this uh, juko valley and jafu peak not very far from kohima again some 20 25 kilometers some of these hiking trails are uh, not um, very very difficult like the jafu peak is uh, 3000 odd meters it's a a uh, great hike and you can have a good view from the top the juko valley is also known as the valley of flowers uh, of the east if you are traveling during spring it's a great place to go there so these are some of the places i think uh, you should uh, visit wow that's a whole set of diverse experiences here and now let me be greedy and ask you what are the other things that you can do up there so if you are into biking there are very very good biking trails there are rainforest trails uh, there's a place called bakhan and luxard which are known for biking trails the roads are very good and well maintained so even if you are not uh, somebody who's you know very comfortable with mountain drive it's not we're not really talking about uh, tawang hairpin bends etc these are very comfortable roads so these uh, biking routes are very good if you are a bike lover i think you'll like that place if you are somebody who's into uh, treks or hikes i think again you will love this place their highest peak is called mount saramati and interestingly mount saramati is a natural border between uh, myanmar and nagaland there are uh, hikes which are organized by the local guides 
but please ensure that uh, for all of this uh, try and uh, do a do an advance booking especially for hornbill you have to book it in advance otherwise you don't get accommodation clearly because hornbill not only gets uh, visitors from india they get international visitors also so it's quite full and then after hornbill you have christmas uh, so typically that whole month is quite busy there are uh, lakes and rivers which are you know just if you want to chill and relax walk around so the shiloi lake is very beautiful because it has a uh, you know it's a lake which is surrounded by the mountain so it looks very very beautiful it's little far from kohima it's roughly a uh, 100 plus kilometers from kohima and uh, it's on the india burma international border but this place uh, has another uh, great uh, offering it is great for birding so if you want to see birds like uh, hornbill the other uh, mountain birds you can spot these birds here uh, by the way i didn't tell you nagaland is actually called the falcon capital of the world i think there are more than 1 million falcons which are there in the state so shiloi lake is something which you may want to add to your uh, itinerary if you're looking for a quiet peaceful time or if you're looking for birding definitely yes if you are a wildlife fan so there are some interesting uh, national parks a wildlife safari definitely is uh, a good idea so again uh, like i said kohima you can easily spend four five days because in and around kohima there's lots to do so this there's this uh, national park called intanki national park which is roughly 100 kilometers from kohima so you can either stay near the national park or you can stay in kohima whichever way you want it's a exotic forest you can spot elephants you can spot tigers leopards uh, you can spot the monkeys which are uh, very native species of south asia sloth bear birds it's any is a great place for birds reptiles etc you can add one of the national parks in your itinerary if you're a wildlife lover i actually quite like the nagaland state museum also it's in kohima again like i said 16 tribes very distinct uh, from each other it's impossible for anybody to really you know spend time at uh, each of the tribal village if you go to the museum then the museum showcases uh, a lot of art craft uh, history about these tribes uh, it's not very far it's within the city uh, you can just take a walk up and if you're somebody uh, who's really into history you can easily spend 3 to 4 hours in this museum you can uh, go through the art galleries the antiques their wearables what do they use what kind of cuisine all of all of the things that are unique to nagaland are showcased in nagaland state museum so uh, that's another thing you should not miss out so these are some of the things uh, uh, that i think people shouldn't miss out on uh, when they are in nagaland so which also means that you know don't look at planning a nagaland itinerary which is like 2 3 days or i'll just visit hornbill and come back of course it depends on your uh, interest but i really said that this is actually meant for people uh, who are interested in history culture yes there are options for wildlife yes there are options for hiking biking but if you really want to get an essence of the place i would say spend some more time if you get a chance and if you're in kohima again this has to be booked uh, in advance just i think 30 35 kilometers from dimapur actually which is the airport and roughly 100 kilometers from kohima so there is this uh, township called uh, tufema village tufema village is actually uh, nothing but a sort of heritage village which has been built uh, by the government of nagaland along with the local community so this is a collection of uh, small houses which are you know built in the naga style so just like your hornbill festival where each tribe showcases their own housing so these uh, this village the uh, houses 
they give you a feeling of living in a naga tribal house plus you get a peek into the culture of nagaland their food their music all of it so again you have to book it in advance uh, don't don't really rely on going there and booking this is usually not available that rashmi was quite a list what about the food so there are a lot of stories around uh, naga food sometimes uh, unpalatable sometimes interesting naga food is spicy yes because of the king of chili who's there and is used very generously if you ask me about the common ingredients that are uh, used in naga food that's usually the fermented dry fish meat bamboo shoots boiled vegetables fermented soybean this is a place where i found fermented soybean to be very commonly used colocasia and of course the bhujolokia different states in northeast have different kind of uh, cuisine you know it's not that they're very uh, that's why we keep saying that northeast is not one state or you, you really can't explore the whole of northeast in one trip you have to really budget for different kind of dates and number of days for each of the state so if you compare this with uh, meghalaya or assam they're very different because uh, meghalaya is very uh, everything is rice based assam is also rice based assam has a far more diverse cuisine nagaland of course being a predominantly tribal state it has a legacy which is because of their uh, being situated inside a forest community and uh, their relationship with the uh, wildlife the the relationship between man and the wild basically so some of the stuff that you should try there of course yes uh, like i said it's uh, predominantly a non vegetarian uh, cuisine there so lot of pork is used in lot of different kind of dishes food is spicy food is uh, fairly hot some of the stuff that you can try are uh, there's something called uh, uh, i don't know the name it's i think it's something called samathu or something this is a very commonly prepared dish across all households in nagaland very spicy it's a signature food which is loved by everyone it's a slow cooked meat with spices with chili powder with this fermented soybean sounds very healthy to me though then there is a dish which is cooked with uh, dry fish and vegetables boiled vegetable is something which is very common bowl full of boiled vegetables which is floating in the soup very healthy and it's it's normally the most common uh, side dish then you have these uh, dry fish cooked in bamboo the fresh bamboo shoots with fish and it picks up the aroma of the fish so it's very appetizing and what about the local drinks yeah so rice beer is the most common drink there uh, so if you go to nagaland appong is something which is uh, very commonly found in all the restaurants uh, mostly it's prepared at home also uh, and uh, it's a it's a way of showing respect to your guests if they offer you appam by the way and uh, don't say no they're very nice people so if you tell them that you don't drink and all they'll generally tell you it's fresh you can just try and it will just be sour and it won't hit you so appam yes and then there is uh, another type of rice beer which is called sutho now traditionally they were served in bamboo glasses so if you visit the hornbill festival you'll see one of the exhibits are these uh, utensils which are made up of bamboo so you'll find these glasses also which was used for drinking beer water etc so that's about uh, naga food very different very unique you must try if you are non vegetarian you should definitely try all of them i know a lot of uh, 
stuff has been written about uh, frogs and meat and dog meat etc so yes there's a market in uh, kohima santri bazar if you go there you'll find a lot of uh, plastic tubs which are selling frogs so yeah they do eat frogs and yes uh, dog meat is a kind of delicacy it's it's their cuisine so there's nothing to be surprised about it i think different parts of india have different kind of cuisine one thing i can tell you if you don't eat meat nobody's going to force you they will serve you uh, your rice your boiled vegetables your uh, fermented soybean or your bamboo shoots etc so that way people are very hospitable very warm and very understanding so no one is going to tell you that uh, have this or you know without your knowledge nobody's going to serve you meat so you can be assured of that but wow, this sounds interesting and definitely not tripping on the usual Tell me about the quirkiest thing that you have experienced in Nagaland. Yeah, so there's one interesting thing, uh, which is funny also. So there is this uh, village called Dongwa Village. It's in Mon District, I think. Uh, the house of the village headman is halfway on the Indian side and halfway on the Burmese side. It's it's like. Uh, <laughs> international border passing through the village chief's house and uh, this village is 42 km from mon town really at the border and what's interesting is uh, apparently uh, some amount of jurisdiction on the other side uh, is also under this uh, longwa village head so that is something which i found funny so if people have time they should go there and see this village Does Nagaland have a good connectivity with the rest of India? I mean, is it easily accessible? Is it easy to travel there? How do you travel? How do you get to Nagaland? Nagaland actually has good connectivity. As in, when I say good connectivity, uh, I mean you really don't have to depend on one entry point. So, uh, Dimapur has a railway station. In fact, you have trains uh, from Delhi which go to Dimapur. Dimapur has a airport. So yeah, that is a convenient way of uh, reaching Dimapur. Dimapur is directly connected with Calcutta and Delhi, and then there are enough uh, flights from Guwahati. Of course, it's well connected with trains, and there are a lot of other places in Nagaland which are connected from other parts of Assam. Like Jorhat is an airport, and you can travel from Jorhat. You don't have to really think of Guwahati. Let's say you are in Assam. Let's say you're in Majuli. From Majuli, you take a ferry, come to Jorhat, and you want to go to Mukokchum. Do it. It's it's really not very remote. I'm not saying it's as well connected as your metropolitans or anything, but yeah, it's it's decently connected, and you don't have to rely really on uh, train or flight all the time because uh, roads are very good, and you can drive and enter from Assam uh, or enter from let's say Manipur. That's also doable. So that's something that uh, is interesting about this place. And yes, I spoke about permits. So ensure that uh, you apply for a permit. and have the permit with you the inner line permit dimapur of course if you're just let's say you're going for work to dimapur you don't require uh, any kind of uh, permit dimapur yeah dimapur has an interesting uh, park that you should uh, visit it's called rajabari park i think belongs to the erstwhile kingdom so this uh, park has these uh, you know inverted dome kind of structures made up of stone uh, very interesting so they built from those times made up of stone so you should go and see that Hey, I've heard about these Nadarin tribes of Nagaland, where uh, heads were really the trophies or the spoils of war. Heads of the enemy, obviously, not your own. I've seen this in Borneo, 
I've seen these head hunting trials and some of their long houses I've seen those trophies. Now of course it's illegal there. In Nagaland was it really prevalent or is it just urban legend so to say? So yes, they were erstwhile head hunters. It is a fact that uh, there was head hunting fairly predominant amongst some of the tribes. But of course it's banned. It was banned quite some time back. Uh, in fact, if you go to the Hornbill Festival then you'll find these uh, heads of deer and other animals which are showcased as a trophy. A question that lots of people ask me, is Nagaland safe to travel in? It's safe. Nagaland is very safe. People are extremely warm. The place is great. It's mountainous. It's different. They're culturally very very unique. Uh, I think I think it's a great place. I've always loved Nagaland. I can see that your love for the state shines through it. Thanks thanks for dropping by and painting such a fantastically evocative picture of Nagaland to me. It's kind of sorted a lot of the mysteries in my head right now. Thank you for inviting me to talk about Nagaland. It's a pleasure talking to you. That was Rashmi Sharma painting a fabulous picture of Nagaland for us. Stay tuned for more such experiences on the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond Experiences. Thanks for tuning in for this one. Till the next one. Take care. Stay safe and whatever else you do, don't trip on the usual.